Hello, hello. Welcome to the latest episode of Frazzled with me, your host, Kelly Swingler. I want to talk to you today about rest. Rest. The one thing, probably out of all of the things that I have been working on, I don't know, since my my first burnout, my second burnout, is rest, right? I, I still struggle I suppose to switch off at times and I want to talk to you uh, especially about this today um, and I'm I'm gonna the next episode will be linked to this in terms of what I think we need for a collective pause as well but I want to just kind of remind you that uh, it's okay to rest and I say this, as I said, and next episode as well, I've, I've just had really quite a quite a heartbreaking and emotional conversation with with a very, very good friend of mine who, who I love dearly, uh, who is struggling. And um, there's three of us that that talk to each other like weekly and meet up when we can and we support each other and we're each other's cheerleaders and and we just do what we can for each other in in that moment and a few definitely during the pandemic and I think as we kind of went into into 2021 really and part of 2022 uh, one of the the three of us the friend that I've just spoken to were struggling quite a bit you know they weren't getting what they needed from being at home they weren't getting what they needed from being sat in front of a computer screen all day. Uh, they really do, like, need, want uh, to be in, like, with and, and around people and and being in person with people. And, and again, I'm, sh- I'm sure lots of, lots of other people felt the same way. Uh, I went completely the opposite way. I think, actually, my introverted self felt like I'd kind of been training my entire life for for the pandemic and and for lockdown and really I think I you know in in many ways being I'm gonna say disconnected but I think just removed from a lot of a lot of the noise allowed me to really be more present for myself and be more present for my family and to help many of the the people that I was helping and and I also did a lot of uh kind of I was going to say voluntary but just kind of pro bono stuff for actually lots of people that were working in the in the NHS you know I was working with a lot of registrars I was working with consultants I was working with nurses uh, particularly those that were in intensive care were the ones that seemed to kind of come forward the most and I think if I hadn't been charged in the way that I was charged I wouldn't have been able to help them in the way that I was able to help them so I suppose the crisis and you know a lot of the sadness that that we experience and, and a lot of the loss um I and I'm, and I'm sure many of you had loved ones that we weren't able to to see and and sadly maybe missed missed our last opportunities to to see many many people in person and I don't want to dwell on, you know, don't, don't want to dwell on, on too much of that. That That's not really where, I, where I, I want to kind of get to. But I think what it really kind of brought to the forefront was 
a lot of us were kind of forced into doing things in a very, very different way. Some of us were also forced into a rest. And yet we didn't really take the rest whilst we were in it, right? Even whether we were furloughed, working from home, taking time out, not or, or whatever. Like we, were, we were really, weren't we, constantly switched on, waiting for the latest news update, waiting to find out what was going to happen next, waiting for somebody to tell us what we could or couldn't do, waiting for the next phone call, waiting for the news, waiting for something. If we were furloughed, we were waiting for something. If we lost all of our business overnight, we were waiting for something. And within that wait, instead of resting, many of us stayed on on red alert, waiting for the next phone call, waiting for something, waiting for something. So we we didn't get a recharge, right? We may not necessarily have been working in the same way, but for many of us, we weren't resting either. Because we felt like we needed to fill the time. And I know for lots of people that I kind of spoke to around that time, it's almost the only way that I could kind of really, well, the only words that I could really kind of use to describe it was it was almost like a survivor's guilt. In that, like many people were genuinely struggling. But didn't want to talk about the fact that they were struggling or didn't want to talk about what they were struggling with because they knew that their situation wasn't as bad as anybody else's. For lots of people that were still working with kids at home, their partners at home, still working full time, still trying to do everything, they didn't want to talk about the fact that they were struggling because they knew that maybe their relatives or their friends had been furloughed and they were really struggling. So they they were supposed to be feeling really grateful for still being in work and still working whilst still looking after the kids and doing everything else and delivering care packages or whatever to neighbours or parents or leaving things on doorsteps. Exhausted and shattered and struggling, but not wanting to say that because they thought that their situation was then better than somebody else that was struggling. And even with a lot of the NHS staff that I mentioned, for a lot of them, they weren't talking to anybody about it either. Because even though they were dealing with critically ill and or many, many dying patients and on a scale like 10 or 100 times more than they'd been dealing with regularly, they didn't necessarily want to talk to any of their family members about that because they didn't then want to add more worry to their family members who were already worrying about them being in an NHS hospital situation in the first place. So they shouldered a lot of that. And it's almost like since then, a lot of us that carried on working didn't really experience the lockdown in the same way as those of us that were home all the time. And those of us that were home on the time and maybe, and uh, you know, as I said, as much as my introvert self loved being at home and loved doing everything, the fact that I couldn't go to a yoga class... The fact that I couldn't just go for a walk or a coffee or meet up with friends or or do something. The fact that I couldn't do any of those things didn't then give me the recharge that I would ordinarily have. 
And the doing nothing or the just being at home or the just working from home or any of those, the change that that created for all of us, that forced change didn't really give us all time to say, like, what do I not, like, is this working for me? What do I really need? What do I really want? Like, all those questions, we didn't really get the opportunity to ask ourselves, right? Because it was just, this is a situation, like, put up, shut up, get on with it. And I do think why so many of us are experiencing burnout, having come out of it, it's not all because of the stress situation, I think a lot of us are edging towards that point of burnout because we've just we've lost that sense of direction. Like, really, who am I? What do I want? And even if we look at our working practices, like 2020 and, and even some parts of 2020, like that wasn't normal. That's not what working from home is normally like. That's not what hybrid working is normally like. And we didn't really, or many leaders, many organisations, didn't really then allow people to experience what the positives of working from home or hybrid working, whatever could look like. I know one of my sons hated being at home. And one of his reasons for actually then moving employer was because the employer that he was at was like, it's going to be full-time working from home. Nobody's ever, like, never allowed in the office again. That didn't work for him. He's gone somewhere where he's in the office full-time. It's working for him. It was stressing him out more being at home and making him lower. Because again, for him, he wants to be around people. I, I don't have that need in the same way. I may well have done if you know, if I was still in my very early 20s. But, you know, I, I, I've I literally almost done to death the kind of pushing myself and the stressing and, you know, being on a train at 6.30 or 7.30 in the morning and not getting home till 7.30 or 8.30. Like, I've, like, I've done those things, right? I've done, done, my, done my fair share of all of that. I love being able to work from home. I love the 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 way that it then allows me to work with clients from different, you know, from country, different countries all over the world. I love that I can speak on virtual stages to audiences all over the world. I love that I can dress more comfortably. I love that I can be here with the dog all day. I love that I can have more of a relaxed morning. I love that I can have a family meal with all of my family every evening. I love that I can, you know, potter around and, and do a few things in the house. I love that I can be creative. I love that I can use the space in the way that I want it to. I love all of those things. And I'm learning to rest. I'm learning to rest. And I still see lots of different people assuming that resting just means to do nothing. I don't know how many of you are any good at do nothing. But did you used to genuinely think that resting was do nothing? And I remember my second burnout and just being told by everyone around me, like, you just need to do nothing. 
right? You need to do nothing. And I remember working with, uh, it was July 2015, working with um, an energy, uh, energy worker, energy healer, uh, which again, maybe may a little bit, a uh, little bit too woo woo for some of you. Uh, but I remember with it, working with this and, and she's like, you just need a few days of nothingness. And I was like, oh. And it felt a bit like, um, like trying to force myself into a meditation. If any of you have ever forced yourself, like tried to force yourself into a meditation, I think we can very often assume that meditation is where we're supposed to clear our minds completely, right? Have this complete moment of zen and stillness. And actually, that's why I stopped meditating when I first got into it, because all I literally got, it was like I had this kind of checklist and the shopping list of, of all these things I needed to do going round and round and round and round in my head. And it was like, I don't, that's not, this is not what meditation is, right? This is not what it's supposed to be. Therefore, I can't do it. Therefore, I'm crap. Meditation's not for me and just stopped. But actually, meditation for me now is where I find my calm, where I find my stillness. It can be where I find many of my answers. But also, like meditating is doing something. Meditating isn't resting. For me, sitting with a book and reading is a great way for me to recharge but again, if I'd have said that to this energy work or any of my family at that point where I just sat and read it, but yes, but Kelly, that's still doing something. And I also think many of us still think like we've got to earn rest. Like if I just decide for an hour, just want to, you know, I'm going to sit with a cup of tea. I might just sit and, I don't know, sit and stare out the window, look at what's going on in the garden and just chill for an hour. I still work a four day week. Last week I had another spa day, like a solo spa day. I'm I'm finding those incredible. Still do my annual yoga retreats every year. And yet so many of us still feel like we've got to earn the rest. And so nothingness is what I struggle with, right? If you say to me, do nothing, that's where I can get really tense. That's where sometimes my ideas will start racing. That can be where I'm picking my phone up every five seconds to see if I've got another message or something that I need to respond to, or I'll just quickly look at LinkedIn, or I'll just quickly flick through Instagram. Do you really allow rest to happen for you? Do you think that rest has to be earned? Do you think that rest is this nothingness? And I said didn't I, that I like rest is still something that I can struggle with. And struggle in the sense of, again, as my stress levels rise, I don't feel deserving of rest. I don't feel deserving of stopping. And so I'll keep going. And of course, what that's then doing is exacerbating my stress even more, right? It's not calming me down. Or how many of you are like waiting, like you've got a holiday booked. And again, how nice is it to be able to kind of start start booking time away? We had those periods of uncertainty, didn't we? But some of you are like, and again, I'm hearing this from some of you, right? 
I've got holiday booked in four weeks time. I've just got to keep going for four weeks. I've just got to keep going for four weeks. I've just got to keep going for four weeks. And in those four week, in that four week period, you're pushing even harder to try and get all of the stuff done so that you can earn your holiday, so that you can properly switch off on your holiday. But of course, what's happening, because you're continuing to push for another four weeks, even though you probably, you know, you need the rest now. Pushing for another four weeks, having your holiday, crashing, burning, coming back from holiday and being like, that didn't make any difference whatsoever. This is a repetitive cycle that we find ourselves in. But then we say to ourselves, well, if I didn't just come back from holiday, like I can't afford to take any more time off. Like I can't have another day off. I can't switch off at the weekend. I can't slow down at work. I can't say no to this. I can't say because I've, I've just come back from holiday. But we haven't actually rested. We haven't recharged. We haven't reset during that holiday. And so we go again. But this time we've got even less in the tank because we went full throttle for four weeks in the lead up to our holiday, thinking that if we pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed, then we'd have earned the holiday. And then we tell ourselves that we can't do it. I also wonder how many of you feel that like you can't take a rest Unless you're ill. That's a dog starting to sneeze in the background. <laughs> if you can hear her. But how many of you are waiting for illness before your rest? Because again, I, I would do that. And even sometimes when I was really ill, I still wouldn't rest. Because if I could still work... Like, if I could sit with a laptop and type in bed, like, I wasn't that ill. Didn't matter that I couldn't focus, that I couldn't sit up properly, that it was a struggle for me to get out of bed and go to the toilet. But it's like, oh, you know, my brain's still working. I can still go, I can still go, I can still go. Like, that's, that was in the run-up to my, to my first burnout. I look at it now and I think, oh, my God. I wonder, and again, how many of you are repeating this? Like, how many of you think you need to deserve your rest? How many of you think you've got to earn your holiday? How many of you think you've got to earn a day off? I unapologetically will have a solo spa day now once a month. Once a month. Nice massage, nice facial, chill all day, bit of a swim, sauna, steam room, take a good book with me. My last one, I even, I had even dozed off. I'd had a bit of a sleep after my facial in the afternoon. Never done that in my life. It was amazing. Like we don't have to earn it. But I wonder if you are struggling with rest and you're struggling with the do nothingness. Again, I just want to kind of, I suppose, run you through, um, these uh this i don't know if you've you've heard of them before but the seven different types of rest making sure i've got my got my list right so i don't miss one for you but seven types of rest so the first type is physical rest right and this can be passive or active and the passive physical rest could include things like sleeping um it could be having a nap and yet active physical rest could be something restorative. So you'll know I talk a lot about yoga 
but it could be something like yoga, it could be Pilates, it could be, I don't know, massage, could be going for, you know, a nice gentle walk. The second type of rest is mental rest. Where we can just shut down our brains, right? That could be, again, where we are maybe doing a bit of meditating. Taking a short day, taking time to just, I don't know, look out the window, journaling, writing things down, getting stuff out of your head. Short breaks for, you know, 10 minutes off the screen every hour or whatever, to, or five minutes off, off the screen every hour to just kind of chill, you know, make yourself a cuppa. The third is then sensory rest. This is one that I find I need most often. But the sensory rest is literally like rest from bright lights, um, computer screens, background noises, multiple conversations. And again, this could be whether all these conversations are going on in an office. It could be Zoom calls. It could be phone calls happening. Um, it could be background noise that's, that, that's going on for you. I mean, I, again, I, I don't, I don't know that I've necessarily always been like it, but I... I'm definitely, I, de- I definitely have kind of sensitive hearing um, that has definitely been exacerbated more as I, and again, as, as I understand it, kind of linked to a lot of my bipolar, like too much kind of sensory stuff that's going on. Well, really kind of playing to that for, for me. And um, my partner Mick and I had gone out for dinner a, a couple of weeks ago, gorgeous restaurant that that we were recommended. We've been to a couple of times now. We sat in the restaurant and there was a quite a large uh, dinner that was going on at one part of the restaurant. And we'd almost been sat on kind of the table closest to them. Um, you know, um, Mick had just said to me, like, oh, you know, really nice up here, isn't it? And all I could hear was all of the other conversations going on at that table. And I kind of put my hand up to my ear to say, actually, it's a little bit overwhelming for me. But the manager had noticed, come straight over and moved us to a different table. I probably wouldn't have asked to move in that situation because <laughs> it just it wouldn't have occurred to me. But it was spotted by somebody else. We were moved, and, we, and again, we had another amazing evening. Great food, great conversation. You know, great laugh. Time just the two of us. But the sensory is something that I noticed that I I need quite a lot now. Again, my other half, Mick, when he comes in. He'll come straight in and he'll just want to put the TV on. But then he'll start scrolling through his phone. And sometimes he's got the TV playing. And then he'll be watching videos on his phone with the sound on whilst then having a conversation or something with one of his sons. And I like I, I can't do that. So you need sensory rest. Are you noticing that you are becoming more distracted by some of that noise? Do you need to withdraw from some of that? We might then need creative rest. So again, if you are somebody that is in constant kind of creative, brainstorming, problem solving uh, mode all of the time, it might be that you just want to get outside and go for a walk. Might be that you just need to switch activities and do something else. Might maybe want to sit in the garden and I don't know, listen to the birds or or kind of whatever. Just give yourself ten minutes away from 
trying to find creative solutions and just allow yourself five or 10 minutes to be present in that moment. We may need emotional rest. And this can be about having the time and space to freely express how we feel, to cut back on the people-pleasing. If you listen to last week's episode where I was talking about having overlooked the fact that I I just hadn't recorded one of the episodes. In people-pleasing mode, I would have forced myself to find the time to record it, to get it out there. But are you people-pleasing too much, not saying what needs to be said for fear of judgment? Wanting to still be seen as the good one and therefore holding back and repressing a lot of your own emotions. Maybe you need an emotional rest. Get that stuff out there. And if you're in need of emotional rest, then you may also have a social rest deficit. And social rest, again, can be when we're always surrounded by by lots and lots of, of people. And it could be you know, you, you may have had this again, if you've heard whenever I've talked before about kind of angel vampires, angel vampires, energy angels and energy vampires, people and tasks that can give us energy and people and tasks that can drain us of energy. There's the door. I'm going to pause. That was for a delivery that wasn't for us. No, I wasn't expecting anything. So yeah, where did we get to? Yeah, so social rest. So this can, we we can need social rest when we fail to differentiate between the relationships that give us energy, that revive us, that recharge us, versus those relationships that exhaust us. So which relationships energise us and which relationships exhaust us? And it could be that we're spending too much time with the people that exhaust us. And, you know, therefore... We feel like we're doing too much peopling, right? We feel like we need to withdraw, but maybe we just need to be with people that give us energy. And then finally, the final type of rest is spiritual rest. And this could be the ability to connect beyond the physical and mental, right? The stuff that gives us this sense of belonging, the love, the acceptance, the purpose. Again, the stuff that I talk about quite a lot, right? The who are you, the going within, really understanding who you are at your core, Understanding what drives you, what makes you feel good, all of those things. So I want to kind of leave that with you today. If you were to think about it, like what kind of rest do you need? The fact that rest isn't just doing nothing. It's about ensuring that we're getting the right kind of rest. If you are on your way to burnout... I want to say that you'll likely need a long, long, long period of rest. Holiday, week off, day off, spa day, not going to fix it for you. But in order to get you back on track quickly, it's that deep inner work, the who am I stuff. That's the stuff that we really need to be working on. And we can start that now. But if you're struggling with rest, if you're struggling with do nothing, or you feel that you've got to earn your rest know that you haven't, like write yourself a permission slip, allow yourself to take rest daily. And if it's something that you can build into your daily schedule, 
it's not then about earning it. It's just, you know, do you know what? It's rest time. High performers, top athletes, anybody that is at the top of their game will talk to you about the benefit of rest because it's needed. Doesn't have to be earned. You can just take it. I'm going to finish it there because the dog's now going. I'm going to say, have a great day. I'll be back with you again next week. Take care for now. Bye-bye.